Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. Hey guys, this is Rachel. And this is Emily. And this is part one for the Brave Worship podcast of God of the Process. We hope you enjoy. This is the Brave Podcast, awakening dreams, purpose, and songs. Brave exists to encourage, resource, and connect brave women around the world for the glory of God. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Brave Worship Podcast. I'm one of your guest hosts, Rachel Thomas, and I'm joined here by one of my favorite humans and fellow Brave sisters, Emily Weeks. Hello, everybody. We're back again. (laughs) I believe we did this in the winter, and now it's kind of heading into the fall. Gosh. It's going to Rachel's a it. fall person, oh, right? Man. Girl, all She's the way. like she is like uh, ready to go. I'm ready to go. And I'm a summertime person. Although I do like you I feel like you I appreciate like, the season. I do appreciate the seasons. Yeah. Um but I actually have that feeling like summer is fleeting and yeah. I need to like jump in the pool one more time. Before but then I'm excited once it gets into it. Yes. But Rachel is like going to be in her element over the next couple months. Just so y'all know, Emily was the first person to text me that the PSL, if you don't know what that is, do you even like fall? Okay. Pumpkin spice latte <laughs> was back early and um, I just, I grabbed my scarf and I went to Starbucks. So it was like, it's hot, but I don't care. I'm getting this drink right now. <laughs> yeah. And have you guys had the cold brew that has some sort of pumpkin heaven heaven on top. <laughs> it's basically Rachel describes it as like an ice cream layer yeah. on the top. It is. Yeah. It is. That's pretty delicious. It is. Well, you know? I know there's a lot of you out there that are like, I don't like pumpkin. Oh. But you know, trust hey, us. Hey, you be you. But you be trust you. us, you might like that thing that has the pumpkin <laughs> ice cream don't, on top. Don't be embarrassed. Just 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 embrace just, it, guys. Just embrace it. That's right. Uh, but yeah, we are so, so pumped to be back and dive into some discussion today. And if you're like, who is Rachel and M? Uh, well, just a little bit about us. I am a Texas native, mom to three sweet little nuggets, uh, right? Music and worship music and get to lead worship um, wherever the Lord would lead. And we are now in Nashville and call Nashville home, which is uh, which has been such an incredible adventure. Uh, and then my friend M here. Yeah, I actually was listening to you and I'm like, a lot of those things are similar. Yes. So maybe that's why we're friends. Uh, girl, one <laughs> of the many reasons. Yes, yes. The only thing, the only difference I heard in that listing was you're from Texas yeah. and I'm from California. That's so, right. So yeah, I like it. we're both from places where the people are very friendly and the Mexican food oh, is delicious. Yes. Yep. Girl, and, you and get a, nah, on, a lot on of point. sunshine. Yes, yes, girl. With thousand percent. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, what we're gonna kind of dive into today is something that we've had many conversations about. And we've kind of joked last time just about how we have this continual theme. And 
in our lives running of conversations on identity and community. And as we were kind of thinking about like, hey, what do we feel in our heart to share for today's podcast? It was interesting, especially in this COVID season, thinking about everyone's experience being so different, but how really sometimes in our lives, like in this calling of music and ministry and uh, creativity, you know, we can start off on such a rose colored with, with such a rose colored glasses outlook, if that makes sense. Like, well, the Lord's called me to this. So that means I'm going to write songs for the whole world and I'm going to lead worship every week. And I mean, if that's your heart's desire, I'm not bashing that, but it's, it is interesting because a lot of times the journey that the Lord takes us on that process looks very different from what we had initially envisioned. Mm -hmm. And so just thinking of this idea of the actual process, like why does God, when he could snap his fingers and get us in that place right away or give us the opportunity right away or get us that cut, whatever that dream is that we think, oh man, if I could just experience this, why is it that he oftentimes chooses to take us through a process instead of that miracle moment. Not saying that there aren't miracle moments and he doesn't work in miraculous ways, but you just find more so than not, especially in the Bible and in your own life, if you've worked with the Lord for very long, mm-hmm. that he he tends to work through a process. And so um, I would love to like hear some more of what we've kind of talked about just with process in your own life and that same kind of uh, just discovery of like, okay, Lord, like this doesn't necessarily look how I thought it would, but you're using this, you're doing something here and, and mm-hmm. kind of leaning into that realization. Yeah. Well, when she mentioned when Rachel, when you, <laughs> That's I'm talking to you guys, yes, but girl. I'm actually talking to her too. <laughs> yes. But when, when you mentioned this topic, I was like, oh, wow. That's basically my life story is the process. Girl, I feel you. So I'm, I'm like, you let, we're going to have to, we're going to have to uh, <laughs> really pick and choose where we go here. But, um, oh yeah. So I was one of those people who, uh, let's see, it was, it was, a uh, grew up in a Christian home and, um, but then it was high school where mm-hmm. I really understood the gospel yeah, and how it was going to change my life. And, um, so Somewhere in college, I felt a calling to ministry, and um, my parents are musical, and so I thought, well, I think I'm musical too. I have a lot of you know stage fright issues and stuff, but I think I'm musical too. But I don't think it. I don't know that it'll have anything to do with that. Mm. But I do really have a heart for the world, and so mm. I was thinking some sort of global missions or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then somebody's. People started to ask, like, hey, can you play guitar and lead worship for this thing? So I started to get a heart for that, too. Um, And so, you know, I went through college, and you have all these thoughts and desires, um, like, who am I going to marry someday? (laughs) What am I going to do? And I really feel like, for me, calling became a big Mm. thing. Yeah, Like, it took, it really took um, just a huge space up in my mind and heart. Yeah. Um, and I would think about it and journal about it. I mean, I probably have journals just filled with like callings and, you know, just desires for the future. Um, I've always been a very future centered person and I have to really work to stay present. So anyway, I was one of those people that thought like, okay, by the time I'm 25, (laughs) I'm going to be in the zone. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Let it be. Let it be. (laughs) I'm going to be like 
leading worship in the nations. Yes. Or, you know, it just oh, yeah. seemed like it was going to be some big thing. Sure. So, you know, I get to 25 and I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not even yeah. anywhere near doing something like that. Were you that. married yet? I was married. You're married. Okay. And um, I was actually about to head out for Africa several oh, times. Wow. And actually, to tell you the truth, I was leading worship in the nations by singing. I told you guys That's about right. that in the last podcast. That's right. Um, but anyway, I wasn't doing the thing that I thought that I would be doing. Sure. And then, you know, guys, those of you who are past the 20s, <laughs> you're in your extreme late 20s. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> And then there's your extreme, extreme late 20s. Yes. You realize, oh my gosh, like, why did I think by 25 I would know anything? Like, I yeah, yeah. like my brain hadn't even, like, fused together. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever what is it is that they life? talk of, they say, like, yes. your brain's not fully formed. I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, I've yeah. heard that. Yes. Anyway, so not only did that happen um, to where I started looking around and I'm like, I, my life looks nothing like those mm-hmm. dreams I had. Yeah. Um, I really had to grapple with some other things, too, because I... I was also um, having a lot of actually things that seemed to go against mm. my calling, specifically any musical callings that I have. Yeah. So it was almost like um, things were being um, kind of put in front of me that would actually make me think I didn't have any musical mm. calling. Yeah. Um, and it's like I wanted to be put in the game, but I felt benched. And I'm mm. and I'm not. I'm not talking about like a year that this one, I'm talking yeah. about years. Yeah. Um, and so I remember almost feeling like, okay, there's almost so many things that are coming against this, this dream in my heart mm. that this almost could be, the Lord is definitely like, in, he's definitely a part of this. Mm. Like a lot of times we want to think of the Lord as, like you said earlier, just launching us right in to that ultimate dream. Yeah. Yeah. But I started to realize like, wow, that was a really personal, um, that was a really personal overlooking that happened Mm -hmm. or even, even, um, that actually felt like rejection or, sure or, oh man, I just watched my really good friend get, um get asked to do something that actually only the Lord and I would have known that thing she's doing is the exact Same thing, thing I wanted always to wanted to do. Yeah, yes, and yes. I'm that this, yeah. this ha- went on for years, you guys. And, and, um, and I had to realize that, wait a minute, I actually believe that I'm not outside of the hand of God, Yeah, that he's allowing this mm. and, um, He's going to be, he's doing a work in me That's and I right. need to, instead of fighting the work that he's doing, I need to rest under it yeah. and I need to let this happen. Yeah. And so as I was going through that, that phase, which took a really long time, but, and honestly, it's still going, mm-hmm. it's still going. But, um, that phase in particular where there was a lot of just what felt like even heartbreak and, mm-hmm. um, disappointment and discouragement, I started to realize, um, that, that humility and those hidden places are essential. Mm, yeah. Absolutely essential. Yeah. If you're going to live out what God has for your life. Yes. And and I'm also going to just put a plug in here too, because I feel like this is really important. Say it. There's not just one calling on your life. Mm, that's like, um, 
as people who are listening to this are probably worship leaders, songwriters. Right. Um, and so we have a, we are singers. Like right. we, we had so deep in us, yes. but there's so many other ways that we, we minister. That's right. Yeah. Through our lives. But this one's really, really personal yeah. because it comes out of your heart. Music right. comes out of your heart. That's right. So anyway, um, but if, if you want to be able to be in that place and I, and I did, but I had to realize that hiddenness mm-hmm. is a big part of that. And any seed that's going to sprout sure. and, and bear fruit yeah. has to be hidden and go yeah. through a season of just being watered. And right. and then um, there's also just so many other parallels too. Like mm. um, Christine Kane does this really amazing talk. I would highly recommend you listen to this about the um, the dark room. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's just, you know, I started to hear lots of um, confirmation that this season was actually a part of what God was doing in us. Yeah. The other, doing in me. Yeah. The other thing is, um, in order for, if, if you're building a building, it has to have a very firm foundation. Mm. And um, you must have those humble roots and that firm foundation. Yeah. And, Th- those things will secure your identity in Christ and then teach us to trust because the thing that's more important than impact is character. Oh man. And yeah. that's what I that's what I didn't That's good. I I didn't I knew that somehow but I didn't really I was more focused on impact. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's all about impact sure. for the kingdom of God and impacting and significance. And um actually the Lord is most interested in my character. That's good. Because um, when am I going to have impact? When my character is transformed yeah. into looking like Jesus. Because people need Jesus That's good. at the end of the day. That's right. Like, I'm his ambassador, but they need Jesus. That's and good. so anyway, um, that was a really long season, but um, it was really, really essential. And um, And anyway, can you share a little bit about your process. Yeah. Yeah, man, there's so many things I was like, I need to write this down. <laughs> I have my notes pulled up, but when <laughs> but when I pull them back after we record, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to repeat it. But it's so so good. I think that like you said a lot of times we get this we have this heart cry, we have this dream, we have this vision and we think, "Okay, Lord, I'm ready." Like and I love the analogy you used about feeling benched. Like, "Come on, coach, put me in." Like and so there is kind of this place of I think, I don't know if you ever struggled with this, but of, of struggling with Lord, are you, are you like crushing me in the sense like you don't want me to succeed? And, and I think it's important to note that like God is not the source of evil, but for whatever reason, and, and maybe you disagree, I, I don't know, but it, I find it's hard to look in the Bible and, and not see examples. The Lord allows hard things, um, to take place and he works good in those. He, despite the awful things that happen and, and, you know, the sin fallen world. And so I think one thing, you know, just kind of, you use the word grapple. And I think that's a great term of just kind of wrestling with, okay, Lord, like you have, you've allowed these things to happen and help me, help my heart to trust that you're still for me. Like you see a bigger picture than I can, um, you know, you see the whole picture, the complete picture. And so I, I, identify with so much of what you said in the process. I think in my own life, 
especially talking about building that firm foundation and that humility. You know, I even think about, you know, in our experience in, in the Lord leading us to move to Nashville, and there were so many wounds that, granted, not that I'm like it all figured out now, because I do not, and the Lord is continually working in my heart, but I think from prior woundings and, and insecurities and identity issues, there were so many things that the Lord was wanting to um, w- work on on healing those that my His timing in getting us here was uh, no accident. So like when we thought it was time to come and we were like ready to launch, and I think I've shared this before, we told our pastor where we worked and stuff and, and the job opportunity that my husband had, it was like shut right in our face and we felt like, the rug got pulled out from underneath us and thought, Lord, we thought we were obeying you. Like, we're ready to go. Like, we're going to go and, you know, mm-hmm. do all these things for your name in Nashville. And and really coming to rest in, Lord, your timing, like you, you're do- trusting that he's doing things in the waiting that we can't do in our working. And and I've shared this with you and before. We're only two years out and I'm sure there's some things I don't even, I'm sure there's some things I'll never know. Only, only he mm-hmm. will know. But I can see how now, there were some very key things, even with community, that he was working in my heart and in my mind, and even in comparison. That I think if we had, if it had worked out like in my timing for us to come here earlier, I think I would have really struggled. I, I maybe even, um, you know, crumbled. I don't know. I mean, who knows what that would look like? But I, I mean, well, the Lord does. But, but just I think that was really key because he was setting me up to to see the value in community and to learn to be vulnerable with people again and create with people again. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, that process was very key. That timing was very key. Um, and I know we've talked about this before with different characters in the Bible with Joseph and David and Moses, like they had the call. And then we like to read the parts of where like, you know, David wrote all the Psalms. <laughs> yeah. Joseph was like, you know, next in, he was like number two next to Pharaoh and all these things. We forget just that, that time gap there that like, it wasn't, you know, David still had to go back and tend sheep after he was anointed right. king. And so I'd love to hear from you, you know, not only like some of maybe the biblical truths that you have discovered in that waiting period, but maybe even like I've heard you share before with me about this protection idea that maybe the Lord is protecting us from something that we think we want and that we actually, he knows us better than our, than we know ourselves. Actually, we don't really want, or it would destroy us if we had it, or mm-hmm. we're not ready for it. He is training us for it. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah. It's, I mean, what always has encouraged me is just knowing that God, if he designed me, mm-hmm. he knows me so much better than I know myself. Yeah. And so a passage that has always encouraged me along that line is um, not only is this like an amazing gospel passage, but it's actually encouraging for our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. It's um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand mm. so that we would walk in them. That's good. And so I I can remember, and um, I still do, I still have, I have longings that have not been fulfilled, but um, I know that because of Jesus... Like, I am saved, and I also have been created for good works. Mm-hmm. 
And God knows what good works those are going to be. That's good. And he's prepared them in advance. And so I can rest in that. But it is is challenging because we think we know kind of what that ultimate thing would be for us. Yes. And um, often if we had that ultimate thing, it would just, we would still be empty. Mm-hmm. Um, really the best place to be is what is, is to be where our, the designer of our souls has us. Man, that's good. So, um, talking about Joseph. Yeah. Um, he, he wrote a really intricate story with Joseph. Yeah. Like a very intricate story. There's a lot of like heartache and, you know, rises and falls. Yeah. And anyway, um, but think about the ending of of this story. Mm-hmm. In Genesis 50, 20, he says to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me, but mm-hmm. God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's just an example of forgiveness and grace, which was rooted in his confidence in the good plans that God had worked out of the evil that had been intended by man. That's and good. so sometimes we come up against actual evil yeah. that's trying to prevent us from yeah. walking out what God has for yeah. us. And sometimes it's um, actually the hand of God developing humility in us. Yeah. But in either case, what the enemy plans for evil, God turns it for our good and for his glory. Amen. That's so good. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. That was part one of the Brave Worship podcast, God of the Process. And we hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you for part two soon. Thanks for listening to the Brave Podcast, awakening dreams, purpose, and songs. You can visit braveworship.com to learn more about how you can join one of the upcoming Brave Coffees in your local area. We'd love to connect with you on Instagram at braveworship and on Facebook at Brave Worship Page. We'd also love for you to join us at our next songwriting event or missions trip. And you can stay up to date on all of those things and the latest happenings when you sign up for our newsletter at braveworship.com. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drum roll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation, You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. 
truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.